Welcome to the Dark Whales Tours podcast. On this podcast, we will explore the vast history of Wales, looking at the myths, legends and ghosts of this magical and mystical country. Wales has been the heart of Britain's supernatural beliefs for many centuries. And in this episode, we will be looking at an entity that has instilled fear into the heart and soul of people around the world for millennia. A creature that has endeavoured to corrupt and tempt humankind into darkness and evil deeds. This creature has gone by many names. Old Nick, Old Scratch, Goodfellow, but more commonly referred to as the Devil. In Wales, we have always had tales of ancient gods and goddesses roaming the land, from ancient Celtic horned gods to the king and queen of the fairies. Wales was the perfect place for the supernatural to appear to the ordinary people and ask for help, tribute, or even try and trick them. When Christianity came to Wales, these stories continued. Only the ancient gods and fairies were replaced by visitations from the devil himself. There are various tales of the devil appearing in Wales, trying to take innocent souls to hell. In most of these stories, however, the Welsh can seemingly outsmart him. One of the most famous examples of the devil in Wales is in the tale of the origin of Devil's Bridge in Ceredigion. There are three bridges on the site, all built on top of one another, crossing a deep gorge over the river Manach. The lowest and oldest bridge is said to have been built by the devil himself. The story goes that a lady's cow had somehow become stranded on the other side of the gorge. At the time, there was no bridge and you would have had to have gone miles out of your way to cross. The lady became quite distressed when suddenly she heard a voice behind her. She turned around and saw a man dressed in a dark robe. At first, the lady thought he was a passing monk. What seems to be the problem? inquired the stranger. The lady explained that her cow had found its way to the other side of the gorge. Not to worry, said the stranger, I can build you a bridge across the gorge so that you can retrieve the cow. The lady at first thought the stranger was joking, but she humoured him by saying that the cow was her only source of wealth and that she could not pay him for his service. The stranger replied the only payment he would need is the soul of the first living creature across the bridge. The lady agreed, thinking this was of course nonsense, but as the stranger moved towards the edge of the gorge, the lady suddenly saw, instead of feet, he in fact had hooves. Realising that she had just made a deal with the devil, the lady pondered how she would be able to outsmart him. After the bridge was completed, the devil called the lady to show off his work, knowing that as soon as she crossed it, he would be able to take possession of her soul. Instead, the lady threw a loaf of bread across the bridge to which her dog ran after it. The lady turned to the devil and said that the dog was in fact the first living creature to cross the bridge, so now belonged to the devil. Of course, the devil was furious that he had been outsmarted and he vanished in a cloud of brimstone. The lady was then able to cross the bridge, retrieve her cow, and told the other villagers of the bridge so they too could cross the gorge with little trouble. 
This and other similar tales have abounded throughout Welsh folklore and demonstrates a theme of how it seemed in Wales it was actually relatively easy to outsmart the devil. However, tales of the devil appearing around Devil's Bridge have continued for many years. There is in fact an interesting article in the Merioneth Standard from 1890 which tells of a man who was convinced he was possessed by the devil and he went to the extreme length of cutting his own throat in order to get the evil one out of him. Similar stories have abounded in the area for centuries. It is however not just bridges that the devil is said to have built in Wales. He has also put his building skills to use to build houses and accommodation for the Welsh. One such home the devil is said to have built is Bacha Craig for the wealthy merchant Sir Richard Clough. Sir Richard Clough was born in 1530, the fifth and younger son of a Denbead lovemaker. In his early twenties Clough made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem where he was created a Knight of the Holy Sepulchre, which is why he is referred to as Sir Richard Clough. However, when Queen Elizabeth ascended the throne in 1558, he didn't use this title as the Queen apparently did not approve of foreign titles, especially Catholic titles. Richard Clough became a member of the Merchants Guild after meeting Sir Thomas Grisham and striking up a lifelong friendship. The two men are most noted for suggesting and financing the building of the Royal Exchange in London. In 1552, Richard moved to Antwerp, which was the commercial capital of Europe. There, he married a local girl called Catherine Mulder, whom he had a son with. Not much is known about this first wife, but what is certain is that she was dead by 1567, as that is when he married his second wife, Catherine Tudor of Bahrain. Catherine was an illegitimate great-granddaughter of King Henry VII, and is known to Welsh history as Mam Cymru, the mother of Wales, due to her many descendants from her four marriages. Shortly after the marriage, Richard Clough built two houses in Wales for the couple, Plas Clough and Bachagraig. These were the first buildings in Wales to be built out of bricks. Such new and unusual buildings aroused suspicion from the locals, of course, Many believed that Bachagraig had been built at such a speed that only the devil himself could have built it. Another story claims that when the builders ran out of bricks, a fresh supply would appear the following morning on the banks of the brook, a brook which is still known as Nant Akathral, the devil's brook. Popular tradition also insists that Richard Clough also used the house to communicate with the devil. On the top floor of the house there is a windowless room and the myth states that this room was built purely for Clough to summon and talk to the devil unseen by human eyes. The discussions occurred at midnight and there were talk about the construction of the house, a task that Clough had supposedly forsaken his soul to the devil as payment. In reality Richard Clough was a keen astronomer and used the room for observations, which the locals thought could only be used for evil. 
In 1570, Richard travelled to Hamburg for business, and there he contracted a mysterious disease and died at the age of 40. As per his request, his preserved heart was sent in a sealed silver urn to be buried within St. Marcella's Parish Church in Denby. Whether his heart made it has been disputed, as it was missing when the vault was opened 200 years ago. Clough's reputation as a man of many talents only enhanced the tales that he had sold his soul to the devil, which allowed locals to explain how he had gone from the son of a simple glove maker to the husband of an illegitimate great-granddaughter of a king, and also a rich man in his own right. Such was his wealth that there used to be a well-known saying in Denby, he has become a clough, meaning a man has become very wealthy. It is, however, not just here in Wales where the devil is said to provide a service in exchange for your immortal soul. All over the world there are tales of people attempting to, and succeeding, it seems, in selling their soul to the devil for fame and fortune. One of the most famous cases of this comes from 1930s America. In the Mississippi Delta there was a young man who dreamed of fame. He wanted to be the best blues guitarist in the world. The man's name was Robert Johnson. The story goes that Robert Johnson wanted to be the world's best blues guitarist. However, whenever he tried to play the guitar, it turned out that his dream would be unfulfilled as he was in fact one of the world's worst guitarists. In order for him to change that, the story says that one night Robert took his guitar to the crossroads where he waited until midnight and used a ritual to summon the devil. In exchange for his soul, the devil would make Robert Johnson the best blues guitarist in the world. Robert agreed to this deal and the devil took the guitar, tuned it and played a few songs. He then handed the guitar back to Robert and told him that he would now be able to play the guitar better than any other human. For the next few years, Robert Johnson travelled around playing in various blues venues. He delighted the crowd with his music and acquired quite the fan base. He became famous enough to have his songs recorded. It was said that sometimes he would have his back to the audience so they could not see the devil's hands helping him play. Robert Johnson performed songs titled Crossroads Blues and Me and the Devil Blues, which then and now has led people to accept the Crossroads deal story. It was said that those that knew Robert Johnson considered his rise to fame as a great mystery. Another mystery surrounding Robert Johnson is the circumstances of his death. Robert was an apparently healthy young man at the age of 27 at the time of his death, an age that has since become infamous among rock stars. The first the public heard that Robert Johnson had indeed died was 30 years after his death. A researcher was doing a study on him and came across his death certificate. This certificate listed the date and location of Johnson's death, but under cause of death it stated unknown. Robert Johnson died at Greenwood near Mississippi on the 16th of August 1938. Many have used the fact that it is not known how 
or why Johnson died, to say that it was the devil collecting the soul that was promised to him. What happened to Robert Johnson may never be known, but the story of the crossroads deal with the devil has gone down in history, and due to his own songs seemingly confirming the deal, many have also used the fact that he was one of the first members of the 27 Club to be a sure sign that he indeed did sell his soul to the devil. The crossroads, however, have been seen in many folklores as a location between worlds. They have been seen as neither here nor there, places where the spirits would gather and where demons would appear. In the British Isles, there was a tradition to bury criminals and people who committed suicide at crossroads so that their corrupted souls would be lost on the roads and would not be able to get back to the village in order to spread evil. The belief that crossroads are mystical places dates back to at least the ancient Greeks. It was at crossroads where the Greeks built shrines to the messenger god Hermes who would be able to show travellers the correct path to take. The Greeks also used the crossroads to worship the goddess of witchcraft, Hecate. Hecate was depicted as having three heads, or sometimes three separate bodies. The Greeks saw the crossroads as the perfect place to worship such a goddess, as the road symbolised the different aspects of Hecate. It could be this connection with the goddess of witchcraft and crossroads that led to the idea that magic and demons could be summoned at the crossroads, eventually leading to the belief that the devil could grant wishes at the crossroads in exchange for your soul. The devil has also used his infernal powers to cause trouble here in Wales as well, with some stories having the devil arrive in Wales to be an inconvenience to the people. Tradition tells that Llangar Church in Merioneth, North Wales, was originally going to be built with the Cunoid Bridge crosses the River Dee, but each night the stones laid during the day had mysteriously vanished, having been removed by the devil. A wise man told the stonemasons that this would continue to happen unless they moved the church to a new site. This they found by hunting for a white stag and building the church where the stag first appeared. The devil was also said to have once lived in a cave on Penacheven Mountain. While he lived there, he was a great worry to the people of Llandolais. When they could not stand it any longer, they held a service of exorcism outside the cave, which they claimed to have solved their problem, as the devil fell into a deep muddy pool and never troubled them again. Another village claimed to be disrupted by the devil himself was Llanvor in Merioneth. This time he appeared in the form of a pig. The local parson managed to subdue the beast by reciting the service of exorcism as he walked three times around the church, after which the devil was bound and taken to a pool in the River Dee. There he was to remain as long as a lamp that was hidden in the church was kept burning. However, the lamp burned out and the devil returned to the village, this time taking the form of a gentleman wearing a three-cornered hat constantly interrupted the church services. Two magicians then succeeded in subduing him once again and he was carried away on the back of a horse. Once again he was thrown into the pool but this time he could only be released 
after he had counted every grain of sand at the bottom of the pool, now called Llyn y Gelangoch, the Red Lake. The stories of the devil's visits to Wales always seem to end the same way. The Prince of Darkness is outwitted by the more intelligent Welsh people. He is often portrayed as a mysterious stranger who thinks he is cleverer than he actually is, and it is always quite easy to outsmart him, it seems. This is a far cry from the tales in most other cultures that speak of the devil and his infernal powers. We all think we know who the devil is. He is Satan, the prince of darkness, author of all evil, also known as Lucifer, Beelzebub, and many other names. He is depicted as having horns, cloven hooves, a tail, and carrying a pitchfork. He delights in leading sinners astray and ensnaring souls. The devil is the embodiment of evil. He is seen as the father of lies and the ruler of hell. In most myths, the devil started out as an angel. This is usually reflected in his name, Lucifer, which translates as Lightbringer. He was one of God's best angels, but he rebelled against God's will and refused to bow down to his creation, Adam, and for pride he was cast out of heaven. He appears in the Bible in the guise of a snake, tempting Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, thus causing the first sin which damned Adam and Eve to the earth and expelled them from the Garden of Eden. He can also corrupt humans which allow his demons to possess them and try to recruit others. The idea of possession has terrified people for centuries. That something evil could take over your body and make you do unspeakable things is the fear that has kept Christians on the right path. There have been many people throughout the centuries from all over the world who have claimed to have either been possessed or have to have known someone who was possessed by demons. In most of these stories, the victim of possession was saved by a priest exorcising the demon or the devil out of the poor victim, who then turns to God for salvation. When we look at cases of demonic possession from around the world, it is often you will find that people going through such trauma tend to be of a deeply devout and religious disposition. Why would it be those with such religious beliefs enduring such a nightmare? Could it be that is the entire point? A theory, an idea which suggests evil will purposely try to target and corrupt those with faith, to try and tempt them away and forsake God. In doing so, the devil's work would be complete, as he has caused that person to give up what they believe in, thus tarnishing and corrupting their soul. These tales of the devil corrupting people probably have their roots in early Christian teachings in Wales with the devil representing the old pagan gods. The classical image of the devil is taken from the pagan gods such as the half man, half goat god of nature, Pan in Greek mythology. The stories of how the priests can defeat the devil were meant to show how if a person is a good Christian and follow the teachings of God, then they too can rid themselves of a lesser deity and can be reborn into the Christian faith. However, even in the 21st century, there are tales of demonic possession within Wales. 
In 2012, the Bishop of Monmouth told how there are still requests for exorcisms to be carried out. He explains that across his diocese, the clergy deals with two or three cases of property possession at any one time. He also revealed that there have been examples of human possession as well, the bishop having performed at least six exorcisms. On one of the occasions he had to carry out an exorcism, a woman found herself speaking in three different male voices. On that instance, he ruled out a personality disorder, concluding she was in fact possessed by three different spirits. The bishop goes on to say that nowadays, religion works with psychiatry to help the patient in deal with his or her inner demons, with an exorcism being the last resort. So, what is your opinion? Is the devil a frequent visitor to Wales? Does he walk amongst us, taking various forms and trying to tempt and trick us into dark deeds? Are there perhaps those who have been unfortunate enough to succumb to his charms and in doing so, damn their own souls for eternity? The devil has been feared in all cultures the world over. If we are to believe in the concept of ghosts, the soul and life after death as we explore throughout these podcasts, then surely we also have to resign ourselves to the idea that this mythical beast could also, in fact, be real. Where do we draw the line of what's possible and what's not? And is there even a line to begin with? If you have your own story to share on this or any of the other topics in our podcast, then please email us on darkwales at hotmail.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dark Wales Tours podcast. Please be sure to visit us on www.darkwalestours.co.uk and also check out our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter feeds for news of our tours that we conduct in various locations around Wales and also for news of more episodes of this podcast. Until next time, Diolchen Vaur, thank you very much. The Dark Wales Tours podcast is produced and delivered by Matthew Rose and Luke Alcock, owners of Dark Wales Tours.